Giuliani. This is Rudy Giuliani uh, bringing you the Rudy Giuliani Show. Thank you very, very much for joining us today. And today, today I couldn't have, couldn't be happier. One of the phoniest, biggest troublemakers in the history of New York City, a guy who uh, created the Tawana Brawley uh, completely false story and destroyed a man's life, the guy who created a pogrom in Brooklyn so that black people were uh, encouraged to go around and beat up and, and, and worse, uh, uh, Jewish people, the guy whose uh, uh, office got burned down just at about the time the IRS wanted to see his tax records. Oh, my goodness, and we're just beginning. He, he actually made a pitch for how I, somebody like me could become mayor again. Listen to this. There's a, there's a path here that you should pay, atten- pay attention to because maybe we could get a mayor, unlike Adams, where crime is up 30% and subway crime is up 40%. I got crime down 65%, and in Harlem I got it down 80%. So let's listen to it just a little bit of, of, uh, I know it's hard because he's such a phony. Let's listen now, Sharpton. I saw the same distortions made on David Dinkins when he was the mayor of New York, the first black mayor. And I'm seeing the same trend in the media and among some who called themselves progressives that attacked Dinkins with misinformation that are attacking this mayor. And we went for it, some of us in the black community. We went for it, saying Dave Dinkins played tennis too much, like there's something wrong with staying in shape, or that he shouldn't have had on tuxedos, like he's supposed to go to a formal affair in blue jeans. And we inadvertently, in our passion, beat him down to where the results was we got Rudy Giuliani. Now, that would be a great result if you got Rudy Giuliani. Here's what would happen, Al. Uh, One, crime would go down uh, 65%. Homicide in Harlem would go down 80%. You'd save thousands and thousands of black lives that you don't give a damn about. Uh, you would uh, take unemployment and cut it in half. You would have the highest uh, employment participation rate for black people at that point in the history of New York City. In other words, more blacks working than ever before. You would have eight years of no riots when your mayor, Dinkin, I think that's the way you pronounced it, Dinkin. By the way, it's pronounced Dinkins, Al, not Dinkin. Uh, uh, Dinkins... Uh, not only did he have a riot, he also had a pogrom. In other words, uh, encouraging black people to go out and beat up Jewish people. Uh, he had a a year long uh, a year long demonstration f- uh, in front of a Korean deli, even though there was a court order to stop it. Uh, Dinkin didn't have the courage to stop it. Um, he set the records for the most murder in the murders in the history of New York City: twenty four hundred, twenty two hundred. Um, he did get a, a bunch of new cops being pushed into it by uh, Peter Vallone, and who will tell you, he dragged him into it kicking and screaming. 
Uh, and he did get crime down for one year. The, but then it went back up the year before I came in, back up to 2,000 murders a year. Um, let's see. The city, uh, the city um, took a poll right after the election just to see the condition of the city that I was taking over. And uh, 75% of the people in the city wanted to live somewhere else. And 80% after four years of Dinkins thought we were going in the wrong direction. We had a budget deficit that was close to bankrupting us. Um, oh, that's just about half of it. And the best thing that ever happened to Dinkins is de Blasio and Adams came along because they are worse than he is. So, yeah, you should keep attacking Adams because maybe you'll get somebody like me. And a lot of black people that are getting killed now will live. You know, all those phonies did, didn't do a damn thing for poor black people. You know, David Dinkins became a millionaire. Do you know Charlie Rangel became a millionaire? They, they represented Harlem. Harlem was a cesspool when I became mayor. It's one of the most dangerous places in the city. No national chain would put a business there. People were afraid to go there. By the time I was finished, the property values had gone up. Two national chains were there, and it had 20 good years because I cared about the people of Harlem. I had no desire to make a million dollars or two million dollars or sell my interest in inner city broadcasting, which I corruptly, which uh, Dinkins corruptly gave to himself. So, hey, they can do this to somebody else. I used to be the U.S. attorney. I investigated these bums. And what they did to their own people is disgraceful. It's like Chicago, right? Chicago is uh, 50 years of crooked democratic rule. This weekend, uh, this weekend, I guess Lightfoot would consider this a good weekend. There were only three killed, but 17 wounded. And one of the three kills the 15-year-old. This is a tragedy. And when you have people like Sharpton, well, he's back at it again. I mean, there's an article today in the Western Journal about him. It says, don't call it a comeback, but um, don't call it a comeback. But uh, Al Sharpton regarded it as the least plausible cleric since Elma Gantry. Long gone are the days of Tawana Broly, the Crown Heights riots, and Freddie's fashion mart attack. And um, gone are the days that National Action Network would make regular headlines, uh, basically shaking people down, and everybody was afraid to uh, prosecute Sharpton. I wasn't U.S. attorney at the time when he did this. I would have shot a prosecutor for extortion. I mean, he made his money at extortion. The IRS wanted to see uh, uh, how he was making his money, and somehow his National Action Network burned down. I wonder how that happened. You know, you can kill people when you burn a building. But the reverend didn't care. Now he's got the National Action Network again. They pay him a base salary of $348,174. And they gave him a $278,000 bonus, according to the latest tax filing. And uh, $1 million of the funds that are donated to the charity last year, went to private jets and limos. Hmm. I think uh, maybe he paid $291,833 to Apollo Jets. And um, 
He also spent uh, $650,134 on carry limousines just so he could have, like, you know, big, big limousines. This is not, you know, a reverend who's one of a, the, the, as the reporter says here, one of the humble folk. This is a shakedown artist, pure and simple. He's been a shakedown artist from the beginning. What church has he ever been the reverend of? None that I know of. He's never been the reverend of a church. Who would take him? Nobody wants him. He'd steal all the money in the church. And then he's got um, he's got his daughters getting seventy eight thousand. Got another one making fifty nine thousand. He's got a niece making fifteen thousand eight hundred. I mean, this is a typical this is a typical uh, thing that these uh, poverty pimps do. It's a tip- typical thing, and this is why people are poor in these neighborhoods because they are represented by people who steal the money intended for them. They get rich, and the poor get poorer. Dinkins got rich. Sharpton got rich. Percy Sutton got real rich. You might not know who he is, but he was a big deal, the first black candidate for mayor, who got rich and Harlem disintegrated. People's lives got ruined. Drugs uh, predominated. Frank James and Nicky Barnes ran Harlem, not, the, not New York City. Well, that guy Rudy Giuliani who took over changed all that. And he saved more black lives than they even thought about. And when, and when, uh, people, and when people got killed on weekends, no, nobody would say anything. Where's, where's uh, uh, Mayor Lightfoot worried about the three people killed in, in uh, Chicago this weekend? Where's Black Lives Matter doing it? What a bunch of phonies. Now, I, I, this Hakeem Jeffries, who wants to be speaker, I mean, he's got to be, he's got to be declared um, unqualified. He's an election denier, big time. Wow, I don't think there's any Republican that denied elections as often as he did. In 2018, he falsely claimed that Trump's victory was illegitimate, suggesting that he was a fake president. <laughs> he's also quoted as saying. The more we learn about 2016 election, the more illegitimate it becomes. America deserves to know whether we have a fake president in the Oval Office. An election denier as the head of the Democratic Party? No. They wouldn't be hypocritical, would they? Four times uh, Jeffries unrepentantly pushed false election claims. Here's another one. Talking to Trump. Rhetorically, keep pouting. History will never accept you as a legitimate president. Jeffries tweeted to Trump in 2020. Four years after the election, he's still an election denier. How about history will never accept you as a legitimate president? November 24, 2020. 2019, he falsely claimed the 2016 presidential election artificially made former President Donald Trump the president of the United States. He falsely stuck to the issue of the, 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 the whole uh, Russian collusion story that was paid for by the leader of his party, Hillary Clinton, paid for, paid to falsify it. And even now that it's been revealed, he doesn't apologize 
for having attacked American democracy. Cut it out. This guy isn't qualified to be. How can he be speaker? How can he be speaker? They're going to go ahead with their phony January 16th, uh, January 6th thing? How about investigating him? Why don't, we, why don't we put him in jail for 14 or 18 months? See how he likes it. Well, it's different if it's a, a Trump election. Of course it's different. Of course it's different because we have a double standard in this country. We don't have a just country. We don't have a fair country. We have a country that operates more like a dictatorship, a Biden, Hillary Clinton, Al Sharpton dictatorship. Unbelievable. Now Adams is handed out weed. New York hands out first recreational weed dispensary licenses. This is great. Let's encourage people to be high. We got a city that is out of control. We got a city where crime is up 30%. We got a city where people don't want to go back to work. We've got a city that is dirty as hell. We've got a city in which people are getting pounded in the head for no reason. And the answer is to make them high? Are you kidding me? What kind of degeneracy is that? Or how about let's have more gambling? Oh, that's great. Let's have more gambling. Isn't that wonderful? And the city will make a fortune from gambling, particularly if we can encourage people to gamble. You get it? We're going to make them into degenerate gamblers so the city makes money. Is that the way to grow a city? Is that the way I grew the city? I mean, why don't they come to me for advice? I did it right. And I handed it over to I handed it over to Bloomberg as a good city, even though it had been attacked worse than ever before in its history. It still was able to withstand that attack because it was on a solid foundation. We'll be back very shortly, and I'm going to have Dr. Maria with us to talk about this very strange murder that's getting stranger and stranger and stranger. We'll be right back. America's Mayor Rudy Giuliani. This is Rudy Giuliani back with you with the Rudy Giuliani Show. I think all of us are, are, are kind of confused by this case where uh, these young people were killed in the house. It's very hard to figure out what happened. Then there were these strange calls to the ex-boyfriend that have now been discovered. So Dr. Dr. Maria has pulled it together for us. I feel like I'm an investigative reporter well, or something. Well, you like doing that. You're very good at it. <laughs> I do watch a lot of shows on in, uh, investigative discovery. But about a week ago, four University of Idaho students were found dead at their off-campus house, which is in Moscow, Idaho. Six people were in that house, two survivors. The police have ruled out the two survivors, The four who were murdered were on the second and third floors, and at least two of them were thought to have been attacked while asleep. And um, police are a little bit at a loss. They don't have any subjects. Also, you mentioned that one of the young ladies was calling an ex-boyfriend repeatedly about 2 in the morning. And the other one, too. And then another friend started calling from the house um, or from... I shouldn't say I don't know if it's from the house. It could have been on the way home to the house. Um, but they've since, I believe, ruled out that ex-boyfriend. 
And same with the 911 call. The 911 call came from one of the two surviving people in the house, and that happened in the morning. But the victims are Ethan Chapin, 20, Kaylee Goncalves, 21, Zaina Cronodal, 20, and Madison Mogan, 21. And the dad of Kaylee Goncalves, of course, they're privy probably to some more information from the medical examiner, and she definitely had defensive wounds. There was bruising and other things to show hmm. she fought her attacker. All of them were stabbed. Wow. So what's the theory? Is there any? They, they, they really? haven't arrested anybody. No. I don't think they even have a person of interest as far as I can they, tell. As far as we know, and of course, sometimes law enforcement doesn't say everything they know because... When they do get a suspect and they're interrogating them, they hope that suspects will say something. Oh, yeah, you always leave out a few little yeah. details of the crime. You know why you also do it? False, uh, false confessions. Yeah, you, that was I know, interesting I know, when you I know said that. I know it is very hard for people to accept. Hard for me to accept when I was a young prosecutor. Because you know, a guy comes in and confesses. They're very convincing. Then it turns out they didn't do it. Yeah. They, uh, there are people that are pathological. They like to be responsible for famous crimes. Yeah, I I don't know if that I don't know if they have. I wouldn't be surprised if they've already gotten two or three false confessions to this. It's so it's amazing why that happens. What's it? Yeah, it's nationwide. It's sometimes it's somebody, somebody, it's somebody. Well, if it's an older crime, it might be somebody in prison. You can't do it yeah. if you're in prison, and uh, the murder took place while you were in prison. But we'll be back in just a few minutes, and uh, we've got oh boy. We got a lot uh, to talk about. Um, I mean, Biden is just falling off a cliff, and it's time to watch him fall off the cliff. We'll be back. America's Mayor, Rudy Giuliani. This is Rudy Giuliani, back with you on the Rudy Giuliani Show. And the phone number is 1-800-848-9222. And you can chat uh, with me, and uh, and we'll we'll get to the truth. We will. We, we 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 try to we try to we try to get you the information that is that's hidden from you by the uh, censorship uh, atmosphere that we now have in this country. The censorship that's been placed around eighty uh, percent of the media, the Biden administration, both censorship and consistent lying. It's really just disgusting. So, uh, uh, Doctor Maria, tell us the rest of of like. This who done it? I mean, there's just no. They probably have leads. They're just not telling. Yeah, that's right. Oftentimes, law enforcement will hold back certain information. We've seen a lot of tragedy in a few short weeks. Three students uh, got killed at University of Virginia. Although they arrested the person who have done that, who has done that. There was this shooting in a gay bar. They've caught the person who did that. What makes this one so fascinating is there's no suspects right now. And the thing that a lot of people have pointed out is the whether the um, scene is contaminated. There was a lot of people, a lot of friends rushed to the scene on the day the victims were discovered. And just two days ago, they were measuring tire tracks. So they're going to look at tire tracks. They're hoping a lot of times when you're killing with a knife and you get blood on it, your hand slips down. So a lot of times the perpetrator has cuts. 
So they're going to look at the DNA of all the blood samples to see if there's any mixing with somebody's DNA they don't know. So they'll do a regular forensic look at this. Plus, they're they're looking at a lot of businesses. So, so it, it, it um, they're going to need a break. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see, it's, it's another, see what it's happens. Another, it's another. It's another horrible situation. Yeah. And, and meanwhile, New York goes on and on. We mentioned Chicago, you know, the, yep. the three Chicago kills. every weekend. Okay, every but here's weekend Adams, for decades. Here's Adams, New York, um, which which um, Sharpton wants to make sure that somebody like me doesn't take over for Adams and bring crime down. I are guess you so more me? black people can be killed. Can I tell you, New Yorkers want you back, Rudy. You are. How, gonna... how does he possibly justify that? So because when white. I was in office, you're white. I, I brought That's hum- all. That's just, why he's putting it down. So I, I brought homicide down 65 to 70 percent. Uh, seven to eight out of ten of the people saved were black people. That's right. So That's why black people cry right now, when they right now, they love you. Right now, if I, I were the mayor, I'd bring homicide down a lot more than it's come down, and I'd save black lives. So what does he have against that? It's he likes to play racism. He likes to divide white and black. No, cause he's a, because that's how he makes his money. Yeah. It's a money thing. Yeah, we were hearing from a shakedown that uh, he did from Curtis Sliwa earlier, which I'm sure Curtis talks about his show, on his show that Sharpton would go to companies and say, oh, I hear you have civil rights problems. Well, he's doing it right now with this this national action network. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. Yeah, he's getting, he's getting like a couple hundred grand for private jets, a couple hundred grand for, a couple hundred grand for limousines. What kind of limousine does he have? Yeah. A couple hundred grand for limousines? Yeah. And he's he, not that heavy anymore. I understand when he was a big fat pig, it took a while for him to get in the limousines. But, you know, Jesse if Jackson, I ever revealed everything I know about that guy. Did Jackson, Jesse Jackson's uh, get... get uh, I know I know his whole history with... with uh, I know his whole history from the time he was a kid. I mean, this, this is a very sad... It's very sad that people follow him. And the reverend thing is garbage. What about did Jesse Jackson get arrested for extortion? Or Never. was it just always rumored? He's, he's, he's he... the poor man's Jesse Jackson. Okay. Jesse Jackson, um, yeah, uh, maybe not. Maybe he takes more money than Jesse Jackson. But Jesse's, Jesse was like him, too. Jesse shook down international companies. He shook down local companies. Well, like Black Lives Matter did, right? Or 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 did those companies just think it was? Well, no. By now they've been conditioned. When 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 uh, Jesse originally started it, it was pure shakedown. They had to get used to it. Sharpton sort of followed up, shook them down, got money from them. That's why that's why all his records uh, disappeared. Oh, I heard it. Where was that? That was in Harlem. Harlem could kill people. And the was it the Justice Department wanted to look at his records, and then there was a yeah, fire. Just, yeah, but the Justice Department was afraid to prosecute him. The Justice Department didn't prosecute David Dinkins because the U.S. Attorney in Brooklyn was afraid there'd be a riot. It was quite clear that David Dinkins, David Dinkins, voted himself shares in a company known as Inner City Broadcasting that was going to get the cable contract for a part of New York. How can he you, was on. Okay. You can do it if you're a crook. Yeah, I was going to say that. Does, that seems shady and as then, heck. And then when he got caught, he made it appear as if the shares were transferred to his to his um, 
son. Except if you examine the paper closely, because it was just fool's cap, uh, you could see there were numbers written on there that didn't exist three years back when it happened. Because this piece of paper was made up to answer a campaign issue that, that, that we brought against them. So they made up this transfer. But you could tell it was made up because the number that, you, that the FBI was able to get off the paper existed three years earlier when the bribe took place, but was out of service since Crazy. then. So, and then there were a bunch of other evidence. Why can't... But the U.S. attorney, Andy Maloney, acknowledged that he was guilty of sin, which said, I can't bring the case because there'll be a riot. This is why most Americans get frustrated, right? We need to have a justice department does, that does not look at the color of our skin. They don't look at what political party you belong to, that if you commit a crime, you commit a crime. It shouldn't matter who you are or or being afraid there might be a riot. Like, we got to do what's right. That's what the see, problem Dink- is. Dinkins did the same thing in New York that Sloshevsky did in in uh, Ukraine, except Sloshevsky did it on a much bigger scale. Sloshevsky's the guy who bribed Biden. He created his business when he was minister of the ecology. He took mining leases and gave it to his company, Burisma, moved his company to Cyprus so he could hide them and launder them. And by the time he came out of government, pro-Russian, got kicked out of government, he was worth $27 billion. Dinkins voted himself and his pals, Percy Sutton, uh, Charlie Rangel, Jesse Jackson, all got a piece of inner city broadcasting. What did Charlie to, Rangel, the ethics committee in Congress, what oh, was that? Was, was that still, something different? Yeah, that, that was, was another, that different? was another, he was collecting rent and not reporting it and uh, collecting all sorts of rent and having had property in, in, um, had property in, in Puerto Rico that he wasn't reporting, that he was hiding. I mean, because these guys, you know, they don't, they never make more than, you know, 130,000 and they're worth 27 million, 30 yeah. million. Yeah. Like Lyndon Johnson. Servants. Lyndon Johnson, when he was died, died, it was, it was worth $30 million. He had been a school teacher and a congressman all his life. And, and but, uh, Lady Bird owned all the radio stations in Texas. I wonder how she got all the radio stations in Texas. Did she come from money? No. No. Poor. Both poor. Both poor. The Democratic Party stinks. It is corrupt as hell. Corrupt as hell. Let's listen. Let's listen. Let's listen to some of the problems with the Pelosi case, which I'm not going to let go of, because that is phony as a $3 bill. (laughs) Let's go to 31. New information tonight on a story that we've been tracking, the attack on Paul Pelosi, the husband of House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Our investigative team looked into why state and federal prosecutors each describe one specific detail of the police response differently. Senior investigative reporter Bagad Shaban has been checking with his sources to try and clear it up. He joins us now, and you've got some answers, Bagad. Well, just this all has to do with the moments, seconds, really, just before Paul Pelosi was struck in the head with a hammer inside his San Francisco home. Now, there continues to be contradicting accounts of a relatively simple question. Who opened the door that night when San Francisco police arrived to the Pelosi house? Now, the Department of Justice says the two officers opened the door. That's according to a federal indictment filed earlier this week. 
But the San Francisco District Attorney's Office, in another court document that was filed earlier this month, said Mr. Pelosi opened the door with his left hand. Okay, so now let's go. Let's go to number 32. The question is, what really happened? According to a source familiar with the investigation who personally watched the police body camera footage from that night, officers knocked on the door of the Pelosi home, then backed away. And the video clearly shows Paul Pelosi opened the door with his left hand, just like what was noted in the documents filed by the DA's office. Now, also as written in the DA docs, the source tells us the body cam video shows officers having a brief conversation with Pelosi and David DePap. That's the man accused of breaking into the Pelosi home before DePap starts beating Pelosi with a hammer. We reached out to the Department of Justice for an explanation on its differing account of this seemingly innocuous issue of who opened the door. But so far, we have not heard back. Number 33. The case has certainly garnered a fair share of conspiracy theories about what actually happened why. that night. As part of your investigation, are you able to shed any light as to why Paul Pelosi didn't run out of the house towards police <laughs> officers when he was able to actually open the door for them when they arrived? What I'm not able to do is to speculate or try to place my opinions on why someone acted the way they did in any case. Um, all we have is what happened. Everybody reacts to situations differently, and he will one day need to explain, right, to potentially a jury why he did what he did um, and what thought process was going on in his mind. So now at number 34, and we'll conclude it. When the officers arrived and knocked on the front door of the residence this morning, the door was opened by someone inside. So the original incident, going back to the very beginning, that's the chief of police of San Francisco, a very high-ranking law enforcement officer. And you'll remember this if you know this case and paid attention to it. The original story for two days was, Somebody other than Paul Pelosi or DePap opened the door. That there was a third person in that house. And since then, that's been buried. Even in the complaint, it suggested there's a third person in the house. Now that's been, that third person, that third person has disappeared. Or as they say, detectives in New York like to say, in the wind. It's gone in the wind. It's gone in the wind of Democrat lying, cheating. And who knows what really happened? Why won't they release the tapes? Why? Why won't they release the reports? These things are routinely released. Let's go to Andrew and Stanhope. Great question. And I just want to say the first case where it's very confusing, you were talking about that murder. The news is not covering as much because it's a black suspect that did the killing, so they're not all over it. But I just want to say... Fake news alert. I heard clips on WABC that the attacker on if it was Jewish person or Asian had a, quote, Nazi bag. Who has a Nazi bag? Plus, all the attackers are black. And then they had someone from a Jewish group said that they're victims of an of extremist groups connotating meaning Trump, MAGA. But there's no groups attacking Jewish or it's a tiny, tiny minuscule fraction of young African-American men that are doing the attacking. I wouldn't say that they're a group. Yeah, I agree with that. It's not it's not like a big nationwide movement. It's a but 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 it is a uh, it is a persistent problem in certain neighborhoods. 
like like in Crown Heights years ago, that was stoked by Al Sharpton. The bag. I heard the mayor, the clip from the mayor saying he had a Nazi bag. <laughs> who who has a Nazi bag? What a young black guy in New York City is walking around with a Nazi? Please, that's a setup. That's fake news. See, they're trying to put it onto MAGA. When yeah, yeah, and I don't know what MAGA has what? to what MAGA has to do with Nazi. There's no con- connection at all between MAGA and Nazi. A lot of those people who are part of MAGA, their their fathers and uncles and uh, fought the Nazis. Uh, so I mean, cut cut it out. This is just this is just. Uh, this is just ridiculous. And the violence against Jewish people is out of control. It's out of control right now. And part of it is that they let these people like Tlaib and AOC and uh, Bush and uh, just beat up and say anti-Semitic remarks. And then everybody's afraid. Everybody on the Democrat side is afraid to say anything about it. Even Schumer goes and he hides in Biden's basement which I think is the utmost of cowardice. The minute, the minute that uh, somebody in Congress makes an anti-Semitic remark, it should be pointed out, and they should be given a chance to apologize if they made a mistake. They might have made a mistake. I, I'm always willing to give somebody one chance. And, and then if they continue to do it, then action should be taken. Well, these people continue to do it, and they don't apologize. And they are, and they are, I mean, they are, proven anti-Semites. And here's why. They are for boycotting Israel. Now, I want you to know what that means. That means cutting Israel off from food. That means starving the Israeli people to death so you eliminate it and they can take over the land. They want them all dead. They want to walk in and take over the land and bury or not bury or burn or whatever the Jewish bodies. And you know the Palestinians are trained in school to kill Jewish people. I've seen numerous tapes of five- and six-year-olds being taught to kill Jews, kill Jews, being taught that Jews, Jews are devils. The Jewish people do not teach their people that in their schools. They do not teach people that the Palestinians are devils. There is a qualitative moral Massive difference between the two. And the fallacy and the reason this went wrong for so long is uh, the moral equivalency that was created by Bill Clinton and maybe even by Jim Baker before that, Republican, between the Palestinian Authority and the state of Israel. So we'll be back uh, with the mayor's uh, final thoughts in just a few minutes. Rudy Giuliani. Former New York Mayor Rudy Giuliani. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation, Mayor's Final Thoughts. Here's Rudy Giuliani back with the Mayor's Final Thoughts, sponsored by Tunnel to Towers, the organization that takes care of our uniformed offices when they are seriously injured and incapacitated or, God forbid, lose their lives in the line of duty. They're there. They're there to build the homes that are necessary so that they can have the maximum degree of independence, and they're there to make sure that the mortgages on the homes are paid so the families get, begin with some stability. Why don't you become part of that? Just just send in $11 a month, and you'll do your share. Everybody does that. We can build all the homes that are necessary. And, and this month, 
uh, one home a day is being given out until until uh, uh, th- until Thanksgiving. No, until until New Year's. And Thanksgiving is coming, which has me all excited because it's one of I think it's our all of our favorite holidays. And we'll be talking more about that uh, tomorrow and the next day. Because there are many, many things for us to be thankful for. But now we're not going to be thankful. Right now we're going to point out an inconsistency, and that is our phony, corrupt Attorney General Merritt Garland, who appointed a special prosecutor for Donald J. Trump over the dispute over documents. These documents, by the way, do not contain nuclear material. None of them were mishandled. None of them were given to anybody bad. This is a question of where they should have resided, where they should have been held. Every president is holding documents. Uh, President Obama is holding plenty of documents. He's supposed to get them digitized, and he hasn't done it. Look, Obama couldn't manage his way out of a paper bag, which is why the government was. Remember when he put out Obamacare and and he had the computers all screwed up? Liberals can't govern. They're too dreamy they're in the they're marxist they've got all crazy ideas they don't know how to go from a to b to c to d and get something done which is why the government is a disaster under liberals they do silly things and then they do dangerous things i mean it's uh and now with with biden it is a it, it, it it's a disaster it's a disaster. They have got to get him out of office. You can't allow a man to putz around in the presidency like he's at the Happy Valley nursing home. I mean, it's just ridiculous. You wonder who's feeding him at night. I mean, this is this is uh, the, la- the the last trip. The whole world listens to him getting the getting the prime minister of Colombia and Cambodia confused. Even though he's in Cambodia, even though he did it earlier and was corrected about it. This is a very serious case of dementia that uh, means deterioration of significant brain capacity in a man that's got to be sharp with attack in order to protect us against uh, nuclear war and protect us against all the other things that China has in mind for us. It cannot be done by a man with half a brain. It can't be done by a man who makes a fool out of himself, falling down, going upstairs, smelling the hair of little girls. Time for him to go under the 25th Amendment. God bless America. The mayor of New York City, Rudy Giuliani.